Today in Science from Wired. The biggest microbiome study sheds new light on shared health risks. The most comprehensive survey of how we share our microbiome suggests a new way of thinking about diseases that aren't usually considered contagious. By Yasemin Saplakolu. Our bodies consist of about 30 trillion human cells, but they also host about 39 trillion microbial cells. These teeming communities of bacteria, viruses, protozoa, and fungi in our guts, in our mouths, on our skin, and elsewhere, collectively called the human microbiome, don't only consist of freeloaders and lurking pathogens. Instead, as scientists increasingly appreciate, these microbes form ecosystems essential to our health. A growing body of research aims to understand how disruptions of these delicate systems can rob us of nutrients we need, interfere with the digestion of our food, and possibly trigger afflictions of our bodies and minds. But we still know so little about our microbiome that we are just starting to answer a much more fundamental question: Where do these microbes come from? Can they spread from other people like a cold virus or a stomach bug? Now, the largest and most comprehensive analysis of human microbiome transmission has provided some important clues. Research led by genomicists at the University of Trento in Italy have found hints that microbiome organisms hop extensively between people, especially among those who spend a lot of time together. The findings, published in January in Nature, fill important gaps in our understanding of how people assemble their microbiomes and reformulate them throughout their lives. Other scientists have applauded the study. Jose Clemente Litron, an associate professor of genetics and genomic sciences at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, hailed the work as outstanding and said it provided the first clear measure of how much sharing to expect among family members or those who live together. The study also fuels intriguing speculations about whether microbes can raise or lower our risks for diseases like diabetes or cancer, and thereby bring a transmissible dimension to illnesses that are not usually considered contagious. For Brett Finley, a professor of microbiology at the University of British Columbia, who wrote a commentary for Science in 2020 about that possibility, the findings put the final nail in the coffin that non-communicable diseases maybe shouldn't be called that. Microbiomes are like fingerprints, so diverse that no two people can have identical ones. They are also incredibly dynamic, growing, shrinking, and evolving so much throughout a person's lifetime that a baby's microbiome will look drastically different by the time they grow up. A handful of microbial species are found in more than 90% of people in westernized societies, but most species are found in 20% to 90% of people. Even Escherichia coli, which is probably the only intestinal bacterium most people could name, falls short of 90% frequency. Studies suggest that non-Westernized societies have an even greater diversity of microbes and more variable microbiomes. Within a population, any two randomly chosen individuals usually have less than half of their microbiome species in common. On average, the overlap in the microbial makeup of the gut is between 30% and 35%. Microbiologists debate whether there is a core set of microbial species that all healthy people have, but if it exists, it's probably a single-digit percentage of the total. Determining how often microbes pass between people, however, is a much more formidable problem than looking for species. A single species can consist of many different strains or genetic variants. Researchers therefore need to be able to identify individual strains by looking at the genes in microbiome samples. 
and in a human microbiome, between 2 million and 20 million unique microbial genes may be present, with the microbes constantly reshuffling their genes, mutating and evolving. This is why learning how the multitudes of cells in the microbiome spread is much more difficult than learning how to trace the spread of one pathogen, said Mireya Valles-Colomer, a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Trento and the first author on the new study. Until recently, tracing strains through a population was impossible. In 2010, when Nicola Segata first began analyzing massive genetic data sets for the Human Microbiome Project as a postdoc at Harvard University, the available tools lacked the resolution needed to pinpoint which species were in people's microbiomes. They could identify the general taxonomic group that a microorganism belonged to, but that was like narrowing down someone's location to the U.S. Midwest. Over the next few years, various laboratories found evidence that social interaction and living in proximity affected the microbiomes of primates and mice. Studies of humans conducted on relatively isolated populations in Papua New Guinea and elsewhere also found signatures of microbial sharing. Some even found traces of possible transmission from pets. But because of the limitations of those studies, it wasn't clear how much transmission was happening and whether it happened everywhere to the same degree. This changed after Sagata established his lab at the University of Trento in 2013. He and his team began to create and refine metagenomics tools that could distinguish between strains of the same species, which made it possible to study microbiome transmission in more detail. Sagata started probing this question in 2018 by analyzing the microbes of mothers and their infants. His group's findings and several other studies confirmed earlier suspicions that there is a massive amount of transmission from mother to baby, such that the mother is imprinting the microbiome at birth, Sagata said. Recent work has shown that mothers continue to mold the microbiomes of their infants over the few years. But the diversity of the microbiome changes significantly between childhood and adulthood, so this early inheritance from mothers is not explaining the microbes we are seeing in the adults, Sagata said. In follow-up experiments, the researchers largely ruled out the possibility that the new microbes came from the food people ate because those microbes weren't able to colonize the gut very well. So it has to be transmission, Sagata said. It has to be that what we have in the gut is coming from the gut of other individuals. For the new global analysis of microbiomes, Sagata, Valles-Colomer, and their colleagues honed their tools enough to recognize previously unknown species and different strains of the same species. Using these tools, they examined more than 9,700 samples of stool and saliva from 20 countries on five continents, representing communities with very diverse lifestyles and covering the full range of the human lifespan and many different living arrangements. They traced more than 800,000 strains of microbes between families, roommates, neighbors, and villages, and calculated what percentage of shared species were the same strain. As they expected, they found that the most sharing of strains happened between mothers and infants in the first year of life. About 50% of the shared species found in the infant's guts were strains that spread from the mother. The mother's influence diminished with time, slipping from 27% at age 3 to 14% by age 30, but didn't disappear. Some elderly people in China are shown to still share strains with their surviving centenarian mothers. As we get older, a sizable portion of our microbiomes continues to come from the people we live with or near. Unsurprisingly, the study by Sagata and colleagues found that spouses and other physically intimate partners shared a lot of microbes. 13% of the gut species they shared were of the same strain, as were 38% of their shared oral species. 
but people who lived together platonically weren't far behind, at 12% for shared gut species and 32% for shared oral species. That's because, as Sagata, Valles-Colomer, and their team found, the single most important determinant of transmission was time spent together. People living under one roof shared the most strains, but even people living in the same village tended to have more strains in common than people separated by greater distances. The frequency of strain sharing was consistent across different societies, but the team did confirm previous findings that people in non-westernized countries tend to share more diverse microbiomes. The researchers also found that strains held in common could be lost over time. Twins growing up together had about a 30% strain-sharing level that dropped to about 10% after 30 years of living apart. Zagata thinks it's likely that most of the other strains of shared species also come from other people, primarily from close contacts like friends or co-workers, but maybe also from people we encounter far more briefly and casually. Pets, however, are probably not big contributors. Sagata said that animals mostly harbor microbial species that don't typically colonize or persist in us. It's not clear how microbiome organisms spread between people. Kissing and sex explain some of it, but microbes could also be transmitted through droplets spewed by coughs and sneezes, or they could be picked up from contaminated surfaces. There's also still a lot to learn about which microbes are more easily spread than others. Answering that question is critical for understanding the implications of the idea that microbiome organisms can spread. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com/science.